Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks, and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. With me in the studio is a rather scary-looking Phil Jessen, a rather scary-looking Mr. Graham Jones, and possibly an absolutely terrifying Simon Hazeldean. Why? Because in this episode, we are asking, are you falling victim to any of these five scary customer tactics. So we're going over to the dark side of the force. We're looking for some looking at some dirty tactics that some, not all buyers, I think procurement people, buyers like salespeople, a little bit like spaghetti westerns, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, but we're talking here about some of the... Which one are we? Yeah, well, I, I, I allow our <laughs> listeners to make their own to make their own minds up on that based on the fact they can't see us. Um, so these are some maybe old school tactics, but they're still around sometimes. And I think it's just wise that salespeople are aware of these. Phil was just mentioning before we, we came on air for this episode, God recognise these as tactics, Phil? Just, just Yes, they, to recognise them as tactics, uh, learned behaviour that they might have picked up on a course. Uh, in a sense, they're games. Mm. They are games that are being played. They're not necessarily real. So this isn't about jumping in quickly with a, a knee-jerk reaction. It's also about sort of playing that game and emerging successfully out the other side of it. So we definitely want to raise your awareness of these so you can recognise them for what they are, which allows you to respond to them rather than react to them. That would be my, that's certainly what I say a lot when I'm training salespeople in negotiation is respond to these intelligently rather than react to them sort of emotionally. Um, the first one I've had done to me, um, we're providing um, sales sales manager coaching training and we're invited to, to uh, tender for a, a whole sales force, a much bigger piece of business, invited in to meet, meet procurement who politely told me, uh, first thing he said was he, he was delighted to have received my first pricing proposal, which I thought was an interesting opening comment, as in there was going to be another one to follow. And he then uh, equally politely informed me that unless I dropped my price significantly, he would have no option than to put the contract which we had nearly won out to a full and complete market tender, including the business we already enjoyed from his organisation. Um, and we would potentially lose the whole lot. And it's sometimes called a Russian front tactic. I, I believe um, I was told, the story I was told about it, that in the Second World War, you were offered two choices, both of awfully horrible, but one was slightly worse than the other. So would you like to go to the Russian front and die? Or would you like to go on this nearly suicidal mission. So you're offered two choices, neither of which is appealing. So the choices I was offered were drop your price or lose all of the business. Uh, luckily for me, uh, I had a couple of other stakeholders in this meeting 
who had told me that they were desperately keen to get it started and that they indeed were KPI'd, their targets were to have this thing rolled out. So actually the, the procure, it was a bit of a false threat. Um, they didn't have time to go out to a full market tender, actually, which they'd already just done, <laughs> if you think about it. So you've got to kind of recognise this for this for what it is and um, respond respond accordingly to it. Have you experienced the Russian front, gentlemen? I can certainly relate to that story as you're telling yeah. me. Like, I, I can think of situations in my dark and distant past, yes, where I've been that. <laughs> well, you were on the Russian front. <laughs> I've been that soldier with my, yeah. my furry hat. Oh, Phil, Phil Jessen there has, so a, what, what has you a dark past. I mean, must go into more yeah. of that. What you, what you forget, for the Russian front, there is a third front, isn't there, which is the customer's problem because they say you can either do this, you can either discount or lose the business. Yeah. Yeah? And you say neither of those. Yeah. Because you're you're being given a, you know, which is the worst of two evils. Mm. Yeah? So if you say neither of those, they are not going to accept that. Because if you say neither of those and you walk out, they now have a much bigger problem because they don't have whatever you're supplying, they've now got to find new suppliers, they've caused themselves absolute chaos. So actually they don't want whatever it is that they're suggesting in either of those two options. I mean, Graham's point is it because the, the frame of reference for this is which of these two choices do you want? Nobody says you have to operate within the frame of reference right. of the procurement person. So mm. frame control in negotiation, again, something something which we, we maybe we need to cover on another episode. I, I had a, um, a contract once for a German company and it turned out that they were, they were causing all kinds of problems. And so I went out to them and said, you know, I'm... I'm sacking you as a customer. <laughs> it was effectively what I was saying. Yeah? I'm no longer going to work for you. And they were saying to me, uh, well, you have to work for us because you've got a contract, yeah, so we'll sue you, uh, or uh, we'll sack you and we won't pay you for the work that we owe you the money for. And so uh, I just sat there and I said, well, this contract, and tore it up and said, well, we don't have a contract. Yeah? And by the way, you do have to pay me because I'll sue you. And so, in fact, they did pay me. We didn't carry on, yeah, so they had to pay me for the work I'd done. We didn't carry on working. They were the ones in a big problem because they then had nobody to do the work for them from that point. If only they'd done what I'd asked them to do as the client, we'd have been okay. Yeah? But they were playing the Russian front with me, and I gave them a much bigger problem by refusing to accept it. Probably every salesperson's fantasy, sacking the customer. Yep. So uh, must be must be done at some stage. Uh, Mr. Jessen, over to you for the next one. Uh, good cop, bad cop. Oh, that old chest. Yes, and uh, as that title suggests, uh, we have to imagine that we're now talking to uh, two people on the uh, customer side, and uh, from a behaviour point of view, uh, one is giving us a hard time, the bad cop. Uh, aggressive questions, bad body language, the full Monty. Um, the good cop, interestingly, at this point, is probably uh, reining in their colleague um, by saying from time to time, well, that's a little bit uh, unreasonable, Tom, etc., uh, etc. Et um, and then right so at Tom the Tom always end, the bad cop? <laughs> not always. <laughs> and then right at the end, when the bad cop, when the bad cop says, okay, well, uh, you've got the business if you drop it by 5%. Um, it's the good cop, sadly, who leans over and says, do you know something? I think my colleague's right. I think you should go ahead with that. So the hit, the hit does not come from the bad cop. It comes from 
the good cop and it's sort of being aware of that awareness here uh, is 90% of the solution is being aware that that is where the uh, the tactic is going to come from it's, it's very well known I think and a lot of salespeople talk about good cop bad cop you've got to think about the psychology of towards and away motivation yeah. and you're more likely to move away to pain and discomfort and it, they're playing those two move towards pleasure move away from pain they're playing those two forces beautifully well it's all planned in advance it's all in tandem and sometimes they flip roles in between meetings just got to recognize it for what it is it's a tactic and what comes out of the mouth of one you need to you need to Treat as though it's come out of the mouth of both of them. Treat them as one person. I think is a way of is a way of um, sometimes balancing. That. In my my dark and distant past, we've all had dark and distant past, haven't we? Uh, as you a, speak for yourself. Uh, you do dark and distant past, people. As a journalist, you see this happen in press conferences. That and it, the the pack of journalists, they all know each other, yeah, because they're all from. You know, they're all correspondents in a particular topic, so they all know each other. And a group of them will be the kind of aggressive questioner, yeah, and the person then is backing away from that aggressive question. And meanwhile, there's somebody who's very pleasant, very quiet, very... And everybody in the room, apart from the person at the press conference, knows that it's their job to fire this seemingly gentle little question, which the person then moves towards and accept and reveals all the answers that they were refusing to give to the aggressive questions and so it's a tactic played by groups as well yeah and it'll happen in negotiation teams as yep. well the nice quiet amenable person could be the one who fires absolutely the killer question from the other side other side of the table uh, competitors mr jones the, the competitor card here. yeah and in fact that's a good word you use there because i met a guy several years ago who whenever he was going out to meet a potential supplier would always take the business card of their competition that he'd met and what he'd do is he'd walk into the room and he'd reach into his breast pocket to pick out his business card of course at the top of the pile would be the competitor's card and he'd go to hand it to them and he'd go oh, sorry I, I got that from them earlier and you need one of mine immediately at the very beginning of the meeting and that competitor's card might have been from like 10 years ago but it's just they've seen the logo they've realised that he's met the competitor not necessarily just got their card yeah automatically put the potential supplier on the back foot because they're going to try and use the competitor as the big threat that's here, it yeah, yeah you know so the people meeting this guy for the first time are now on the back foot going well he knows the competition he's got their business card he's already met them we're in trouble mm. it still amazes me that, that i think some some buyers if i was to be a little critical for a moment think that we don't think they're talking to our because yeah. of course they are as yeah. part of a sensible buying process of course that's what you're going to be doing you are and, and scheduling a meeting for us to bump into our competitors in the foyer or having the customers uh, the, sorry the competitors literature on their desk or mm. my favorite was the competitor pen yeah. that was always used in a meeting with me and they talk about meetings and conversations they're having with the competitors of course they're talking to I, uh, I had a neighbour years ago who uh, was a very well-trained buyer, uh, and he told me once that he uh, used to deliberately write in 
the uh, uh, the uh, book at reception upon arrival yeah. used to write in the name of a competitor organisation before the rep arrived from another <laughs> supplier. So the arriving rep would see the appointment time and the name and the company uh, 45 minutes beforehand and think, oh, right, okay, so they're already talking to that yeah. lot then. Or the reserved sign in the car parking space yes. you know, for the competitor's yeah. name. Yeah, which, That's it. Yeah. So these are all tactics that yeah. customers play in order to make salespeople think there's a, a, a problem of some kind. And also the competitor will always be far more generous than you are and uh, offer more than you are. And, of course and, they and, do. You know, yeah. It just recognise it for what it is. And of course, you've got to ask yourself, if they're feeling so confident, why are they going to all this effort you know, to keep mentioning the competition? We know they're going to talk to our competition. So it's, no, it's no surprise. It's no surprise to us. Um, and then sort of going even further into the, I suppose, into the dark side is overt intimidation. Yeah. Use of aggression, sudden change of behaviour where the buyer suddenly uses profanities or aggressive hostile behaviour um, designed to sort of try and trigger the fight or flight response. Most people go into flight when that happens. I certainly had that done to me as a very new wet behind the ears salesperson in a in a big cash and carry where the guy just swept my sales presenter, smashed it literally off the desk and effed and jeffed at me uh, pretty and it certainly hit me as an inexperienced person shocked me a bit um, so yeah I mean it's a bit of a dirty a bit of a dirty tactic but it's sometimes mm. done to a less I think overt manner yeah mm. see but my reaction to those kind of people is I wouldn't want them as customers so well, they lose out they run the risk don't yeah. they of uh, play, yeah. playing a game that yeah. backfires I think the other, maybe the other side of the coin actually, which is probably um, less dramatic but can be more effective, is not intimidation but indifference. Mm. Which is Graham is presenting to me, and I'm showing nothing. I'm uh, I certainly I've got a a buyer's training manual from one of the large supermarkets in Europe, and uh, it says it trains its buyers to react to all salespeople and all sales proposals with complete and total indifference. Um, so you just, no matter what's shown, you just appear to be very, very unimpressed, and it's probably easier to maintain than the um, yeah. than the aggression. Question, remember, it's a tactic. So if they are genuinely indifferent to what you're offering, why are they having a meeting with you? Mm. It's a question. Yeah. I certainly coaching a guy who said, oh, they keep inviting me back in and telling me they've no intention of going forward with us. And I go, how many times have they asked you to come back in to tell you? Three times. I go, well, there's a clue there. So They're obviously not interested. Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. So trust me, in a modern, busy organisation, you definitely don't have meetings with buyers. Sorry, you don't have meetings with suppliers you're not planning on doing any business with. So... Uh, it's like I, I've been married now for well, a long time, 30 <laughs> or plus years, and uh, I remember when I first went out with my wife, we decided that we would, we were not suited and that we would not go out with each other again, and then immediately at the end of that meeting we arranged another date uh, to not go out with each other again, uh, and we kept not going out with each other again for several months before we decided that we'd get married. Um, and here we are, you know, nearly 40 years later of not going out again. Um, it's, it's that kind of thing that if you if you are continuing to show interest, no matter what you say, it's what you do that matters. Yeah, mm. judge judge customers on their behaviour yeah. more, definitely more than their, um, what they're saying. And if yeah. they're making time to see you, 
that's a behaviour you should you yeah. should pay attention to. And then and the final one, and, and Phil, this sort of the higher authority tactic where, hey Phil, I love your proposal, all oh, fantastic, a little bit good cop, bad cop here as well, by the way, certainly. I mean, but I've just got to take that upstairs to Graham, my boss, or the marketing, or whoever it is. Well, if that happens, uh, it would highlight, of course, that maybe uh, early on in the sales process, we haven't really qualified the yep. decision-making yeah. process. And if we do that early on, there is an opportunity, of course, to uh, invite into the room people that are involved in the decision, or only to go so far in the sales process and then come back on another day to meet those yeah. individuals. But just on the subject of higher authority um, and other aspects of it, um, if, if we wanted to be provocative, I think we could say, well, if you are working with buyers, you're always going to get some of these tactics. Um, maybe one of the places where we also ought to be known is in the boardroom. Um, and if we are known in the boardroom, and if we are adding value in the boardroom, uh, then probably we're not going to be put through some of this nonsense by procurement people uh, in quite the same way. Um, it's easy for me to say that, but in order to get a presence in the boardroom, it probably means that as salespeople, uh, we've got to deploy our bosses our sales director, our chief executive, we've got to deploy them with a purpose um, on a sales related uh, matter. But I know from uh, my own experience in this area that although as salespeople it's often quite difficult to make appointments to see people, it's often very easy when a chief executive's PA phones somebody else's PA and says, my boss needs to see uh, uh, your boss and they can set up a meeting very, very easily and have that strategic level of conversation yeah. way above where the buyer is. Definitely time to record an episode, I think, on um, leveraging your senior managers in your organisation. Yeah. We'll make sure we do that for you folks because there's a whole lot of very valuable content, yeah. content here. Uh, suffice to say, the higher authority tactic, that whoever is referred to is always going to be unhappy with your pricing course, and, yes. and everything yeah. you do. Or you really do want to do this deal with me, Phil, because Graham is a really nasty piece of work and so on and so forth. And again, it's a little bit like a good cop, bad cop dynamic there. They're trying to play you, they're playing well they, against you. They forget that you can play the same tactic. So yeah. they say, you know, I can't do this deal, you need to see my boss and, you know, he's a nasty boss or whatever or um, my boss wants a discount, yeah, so you can't argue with the higher authority who's not in the room, so therefore you do the discount in order to satisfy this higher authority. Well, my reaction to that is, well, I'm not allowed to approve discounts, you've got to speak to my boss, yeah, who's not in the room. So. Yeah, They've got higher authority, so have we as salespeople, and they forget that. It's a tactic they're playing, so we don't have to fall for it. And I would say, just as just we move to a close, is that in my experience, and I've trained tens of thousands of, of salespeople uh, and buyers to negotiate, is skillful behaviours and good planning and preparation are far more effective than these sort of tactics that yeah. are being used, particularly if you're a shark cookie 
that you realise them for what they are, that it is it is a tactic. Yeah. And then you're able to neutralise or reduce the impact of the tactic by recognising it for what it well, is. And that, yeah. that's the real aim in this exercise, to allow you to respond yeah. to these rather than to, to react to them. Gentlemen, any closing thoughts for our lovely listeners? Well, I would have, but uh, you need to speak to my boss about them. Excellent, thank you, Mr. Jessen. No, I'm uh, I'm done on that. I need to mention woohoo our brand new. You maybe go on to Netflix. You maybe go on to Amazon Prime. You may like binging box sets, dear listeners. Well, sales chat show. We like to keep moving things forward. So if you want to binge on a box set from the sales chat show, please find our new chat box facility where we're going to put together all the episodes on a particular topic so that if you want to binge listen to those or you want to know where they all are, you can do that. Graham has pulled together the first one, which is on negotiation, so a great thing to mention. And we'll be bringing more sales chat show chat boxes for you. So there will be box sets of topics on a similar sales management negotiation value problem positions etc so if you want to do a real bit of cramming on a subject you can find that information really easily so uh, chat box plus probably 140 150 episodes available from sales chat show from wherever you get or subscribe to your podcast please subscribe to sales chat show and you'll get an episode every single week and also from the saleschatshow.com website if you want to find them there. In the meantime, we would obviously just like to wish you good luck and good negotiating, recognising these tactics for what they are. So thank you for listening, and we would finally like to wish you good luck and good selling, folks. have been listening to an episode of the sales chat show to stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success please visit saleschatshow.com thank you very much for listening to this episode and from everyone here at the sales chat show we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling (laughs) 